the free for all roundtable round two on round two today the aforementioned lindsey broadhead also bob richardson senior counsel at national public relations and deb hutton former senior advisor to two premiers now a communications advisor let's actually start with hot takes on the inflation rate uh lindsey broadhead certainly from the perspective of the business community it has to be good news although we're kind of doing a whiplash thing here because now everybody's getting ready for recession (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Um, look, it is good news. There, there's small steps, but I think small steps is actually a far more considered pace. Uh, we don't want the, uh, you know, too big of pendulums to be swung. Um, but we also know that, uh, you know, despite what the Bank of Canada is doing, and it seems like its efforts are making uh, the promised impact they said it would, we know that inflation is impacted by, or affected rather, by um, the war in the Ukraine, the U.S. dollar, and a myriad of other factors. So we've got to keep our eyes on all of these things and still be very considered. So good news, but um, hardly the end of the story, John. Yeah, the price of gas is expected to go down. But every time I mention that, people say, yeah, what about diesel? And I have to say, Deb Hutton, as I turn to you, uh, fuel and gas and energy have been a big part of this inflation this year. I was on a road trip last Friday and I stopped to gas up and a guy pulled up at the diesel pump. And I can't say on radio what he yelled out loud when he checked out the price. Well, and we heat our farm with propane. So that's another big hit, I will tell you, because you can judge tank for tank how much it's gone up. The interesting thing I thought when I heard inflation, like Lindsay, is sort of, uh, I think, proof that the interest rate hike, as much as we don't like it, is is starting to show some uh, signs of, of positive impact on inflation. The other thing I thought of is yesterday, John, on News Talk Today, I had Fred Hahn on, who is the president of Ontario CUPE. And as of November 3rd, if your kids are in the school system in Ontario, you're looking at a strike by the support workers. And, and and their cry is we need to keep pace with inflation. Plus, they're asking for 11, almost 12 percent each year, 33 percent over three years. Um, and part of it is their uh, inflationary excuse. So it's, it will be interesting to see how lower inflation has an impact on all of the labor negotiations that we're going through here in the province. OK, last thoughts, Bob Richardson. It's encouraging news, but nobody can declare that the inflation crisis is over. Uh, no, nobody can, but uh, it is encouraging news. And it's also encouraging news that in the G7, our inflation number is one of the lowest. Look, it's still high at six, uh, over 6%. There's no question about that. But when you take a look at a number of our, our, our major uh, partners around the globe, Britain, the US, Japan, etc., our numbers are actually pretty, uh, pretty decent. Uh, lots more work to do but uh, certainly on the right course. It's uh, kind of an ongoing show, the inquiry in Ottawa into the Declaration of the Emergencies Act. And from time to time, they will have special guest stars. Yesterday, it was the mayor of Ottawa, who it should be noted is on his way out the door. But he told a few interesting stories, including, uh, and this coming on the heels of Doug Ford and Justin Trudeau having their bromance last Monday, it was a bit surprising to hear Justin Trudeau, apparently in a call back in February, expressed exasperation with the premier because he said he was keeping his hands out of the convoy issue because he was playing politics and getting ready for an election. Um, Deb Hutton, I'll start with you. You've seen your share of uh, province to federal politics. Is there anything really here? Uh, No, (laughs) there isn't. I (laughs) mean, finger pointing. Right. I mean, my gosh, have we never seen that before? No surprise. Um, uh, I mean, Watson's a liberal. Justin's a liberal. And everybody's trying to cover their, their butts on this whole thing. 
My issue, though, more broadly, John, is is just as you introduced the topic, this is like a soap opera. And this isn't what my view the inquiry should be about. It should be about whether or not the information at the time that cabinet had was sufficient to invoke the act, period. All of this other stuff is soap opera and fodder for talk radio, which is great for all of us, but it really doesn't boil down to anything in my view. Okay, but isn't this like, uh, you know, the opening parts of a trial where you have to establish exactly what happened, what the timeline is? So that's what they're doing right now. An accurate depiction, for example, of what things were like on the streets of Ottawa for those, those three weeks. It's, it's instructive, isn't it? Well, if something comes out of it, perhaps. But again, if we wanted a public inquiry, broadly speaking, which I think is a waste of time and money into what went wrong with whom, fine. That's not what this is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about whether we were well served, whether it was appropriate in terms of our rights and freedoms for the act to be invoked. And I just think all of this other stuff is is just fun fodder. Oh, but it is fun, isn't it, Lindsay? I have to say, uh, to add to the, the drama, I was quite upset that the bromance was having a bump in the relationship. You know, this is something that we're relying on. Uh, it, I love their bromance. Um, no, look, Deb hit the nail on the head. Um, yeah, I take this as a little bit more of an observer's point of view. You know, I see three levels of government, none of which, frankly, were able to step up to the plate Um some of which, you know, you can point fingers and assign blame, some of which I don't know if we actually had the right supplies or manpower in the system. So, um, you know, I, it, it's one of those things that the, the finger pointing is going to have to continue because people don't want to be associated with the end result. But Deb's right. This has to be about um, the act itself and maintaining the uh, the power uh, of its use uh, should we need it, God forbid, in the future again. Bob, I think an awful lot of people approach this inquiry with a, a preconceived agenda. So then they watch each day or each person's testimony and they go, ah, ah, my side's winning. Oh, oh, that wasn't good for us. That's good for the other guys. I, I, I'm kind of going to wait until it's over. Yeah, I think that's probably wise. Look, full disclosure, I'm a good friend of Jim Watson's. We were roommates at university. I can tell you what he said yesterday was everything he said to me during the uh, during the incident almost on a daily basis. Um, the province has done a number of good things, uh, but at that time, they were MIA. The uh, Solicitor General never made it to Ottawa once. The Premier never made it to Ottawa once. And at the time, they were trying to hold together a political coalition just before an election that also included anti-vaxxers and others, and they headed for the hills. So uh, that was uh, that was true when he said it months ago, and it was true when he said it on the stand yesterday. I want to bundle two stories as we turn to something else, and this is very much in your area, Lindsay Broadhead, working with people in business. Um, there's one story today about how parkland in downtown Toronto is set to shrink rather than grow, and we already have a fairly low ratio compared to other cities. Then there's another story today in the Globe and Mail that's all about converting office buildings to mixed use, and I like the sound of this. And as a matter of fact, some office buildings might have some people living in them, and then there might be commercial space and community gathering spaces and um, putting in things in order to make working in the office more attractive to workers as we try to draw them back in. What do you see here, Lindsay? Yeah, two very different stories, but connected, as you say. The the first story about the uh, parkland, I think we need to make sure that the context of the headline is is true. It reads that space is decreasing, which, of course, 
isn't actually true. Um, I uh, born in Toronto, and in my lifetime, Parkland has grown uh, since I I have been here. Uh, it's just that, as you said, the per capita space is um, tracking to decrease because we have such a, a population growth rate uh, ahead of us. Um, and then you mix in uh, not only the uh, the pressures of added population, all the great opportunity that brings as well, but then how our downtown space is being reimagined and it's being reimagined just like so many other cities around the world chicago philadelphia la new york all of these cities are looking at their downtown cores looking at their real real estate spaces and determining how they're going to be used in toronto um a the majority of workers left our downtown space um, because they could, because they worked in a certain kind of industry. So now what some of the discussions we're having at the board is, what industries can we bring in uh, to the space that really need it and that are burgeoning uh, for us? So we, we think of the, the film industry. You know, this is being backed by millions of dollars. They need square footage. Let's, you know. Well, I think we've lost Lindsay. All right. Um, Deb, let me turn to you in all of this and not a lot of time left on the clock. But I love the idea of becoming more imaginative about how we use buildings in the downtown. And in particular, I know they're very pretty to architects and designers, but first floor lobbies are useless. Yeah, I mean, I think we have an opportunity in the city to really uh, take a good, hard look at our planning and make some changes. And that's starting with a concept that I love, which is the transit-oriented communities. We're about to get a whole whack of new transit in the city. And the notion with the, 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 uh, the plan is that we start to build real communities around the new subway stops. And that has to include uh, housing, it has to include green space, which was part of what your original question was, John, and it has to include places for for work and, and play. So I think we, as we get greater density, which I believe is the right approach for Toronto, we also then have to build in sort of some different ideas than we've been used to in the past. Very small urban parks that are created around higher density that we're building. Thanks a lot. I'm afraid we're at a racetrack here. I was going to turn to the guy who lives in a great big gleaming box, but unfortunately, Bob Richardson, we're out of time and we're up against the network news. So my thanks. Sorry I dropped off there, John. No worries. I hear you might have accidentally muted yourself, which is an interesting allegory. <laughs> That's uh, Lindsay Broadhead, Bob Richardson, and Deb Hutton. Uh, keep it right here. Jerry Agar picks it up after the news. And don't forget um, Deb Hutton in all this week. I've been enjoying listening to that on Toronto today or News Talk 1010 today. They mocked me yesterday because I can get anything wrong, including news the talk name. today, but you're close. Yeah. News Talk today. All right. I'll quit while I'm ahead. Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.